where we hold candid conversations with fascinating individuals from all walks of life. We interview each of our guests to learn all about their passions and successes, their failures, their lessons learned, and how they've applied their personal growth to their lives and everything that they do. At the end of every show, we gather key takeaways that we can all implement to better ourselves and the lives of those around us. As always, we're joined tonight by a very special guest and a good buddy of mine, Greg Brinkley. Greg, how's it going tonight? Man, Sammy, it's going good. And actually, I should say it's going great because we have Nikki Watson as our special guest on the show. Nikki, how you doing? I'm great. Good to see Man. you guys. It is great to see you. And who is Nikki? Well, Nikki started her career in the real estate world as a flooring sales rep for a chain of five stores in Dallas, Fort Worth. After 10 years of building relationships with realtors and investors, she ventured out on her own and started what is now the largest home staging company in the state of Texas. Today, she is a home builder, a flooring and remodeling company owner, a partner of a traveling murder mystery company, and she just started a business that hires women recently released from prison or rehab. So that is one heck of a resume. Nikki, once again, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're going to just jump right into things. On your website, you have a quote by Seth Godin who is an individual that both Sammy and I have admired from afar and have read many of his books and are followers of his blog. And you have placed one of his quotes on your website that says, people don't buy goods and services. They buy relations, stories, and magic. Tell us what that means to you. That's pretty major for me. Um, being in the real estate industry, that was my job, was really to build relationships. So um, I, I realized really early that people were, what I was doing was really not that amazing. Selling floors is not really that exciting. So people weren't really interested in what I had to offer. They really wanted to know me and build a relationship with me. So um, I saw that really early on. And then that's how I was fairly successful in the flooring industry just because I knew that I needed to build relationships and make these people my raving fans. So that was really how I um, how I gained a lot of the trust of the people that I I would meet is you know making sure that that I was doing everything I, I could service wise and just being a friend and building real relationships with them. Yeah, talk a little bit about that because I know you personally. And I have admired you for many, many years because you literally are one of the best people that I have ever seen in terms of being able to make genuine, real, and long-lasting relationships. So I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but do you have a couple tips or a couple things that you do that actually really makes that happen? I know it's got to be sincere and it's got to be, uh, it's got to be truthful in terms of your desire to really want to do that. But how are some of the, what are some of the things you do to go and, and make those relationships happen? Just really being mindful of people's lives. So I have seen people, um, been in people's lives when their their kids are small, seeing them grow up, go to college, graduate, get married. Um, just making sure that you are um, celebrating those things with them. So if one thing that I saw a title rep do one time, and I thought it was so amazing. Um, two of the agents, they had got married and they just had a baby. And he sent the 
biggest, most beautiful basket to the hospital with all kinds of baby stuff in there. And this is a guy. So when I saw him do this, I'm thinking, oh my God, that's the best idea ever. But then I was thinking he was really involved in that situation that they had. So I, I just kind of took that as one of the keys in my um, building relationships. So if somebody had a new grandbaby, I was making sure that I would congratulate. Oh my God, grandparents are the best. Uh, congratulations on your new grandchild. So I, I just really took some keys from other people and saw what they did and just kind of made it my own. So really paying attention to people's lives and being a part of that process. Oh, I, uh, I, oh I'll babysit somebody. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far, but I have. <laughs> you might. Babysit kids and been a part of their lives. I have a, a great relationship. I, one of my best friends now, um, we were in a leadership program together and she was pregnant at the time with when the leadership program was going on and her she was from she's from Nebraska and her at the time before her husband they were dating is from Ohio so they didn't have any people here to babysit and I think the baby was about six months old and they said they just wanted to go out on a date and I was like bring the baby over my house <laughs> so me and my daughter she's a senior at the time we're just at home. It's just us two. And I was like, bring him over. I'm, I'm good. He, he's fine with us. She brought him over and I'm telling you, we fell in love with this baby and he, he's now eight years old. And wow. we, he, we have a, he's, I'm his aunt. He loves me. I mean, it is a great relationship, but that's what came out of that. And, and I was genuine saying, I'm just hanging out at home bring him over and that was just it turned into something else so just making sure that you're available for people that's that's been my my big thing <laughs> that's a fantastic I mean I, I think that's a fantastic way to just go about life in general because I could tell you that it's so genuine so just like Greg you know I met you through a, a young professionals group that Greg and I started with Vogel Alcove and that that was many many moons ago yes. uh, called Flight uh, which and all that supported Vogel Alcove and the mission to serve homeless children and families. And one of the biggest things about that was that was a, you know, Greg and I were, were new to the organization tasked with joining, you know, creating this young professionals group, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we wanted to know from you was what were your initial impressions, not only of the group, but of us two yoohoos as we we're trying to figure out what we were trying to do? I'm trying to remember how I found out about flight. The, the connection that we tried to think through, thinking back, it might have been through Crystal Morgan um, because she was in real estate. But we were, Greg and I were talking about this the other day. I met her at flight. Okay. So oh. I, I still have no clue how I even ended up anywhere near it. I think it was a friend of mine, and I, don't, I can't even tell you where he is now. He invited me to one of the networking events mm -hmm. and he was like, hey, come to this thing with me. And Peter, Peter. Um, was it Peter, Peter Lowe? No. No? What is Peter's last name? There's one other Peter that I can think of. And this will be, if I miss this, it's three strikes and I'm out. But it's Peter, is it Peter Swanson? No. All right, I'm out. <laughs> I think he just came to that first meeting that he took me to. And okay. when I when I came, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I think that what I liked about it is because I've been to so much real estate stuff, like 
all these meetings and all on all these committees. And these people didn't have anything to do with real estate, except for Crystal. They didn't have anything to do with real estate. And so this was a brand new world for me. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I was very interested in. So Vogel kind of kicked off my, um, well, I guess I'd already, I just heard about Vogel because I was in the leadership program and we did okay. our, um, did a tour over there. And then you guys showed up with the, the, organization I'm like I'm joining because I just went to this place but I really I I think that he I was invited and I just thought it was cool because all the everybody that was there was in like an amazing position at their companies and making you know making moves I'm thinking I'm not young professional so I'm a little bit older than these people but they just everybody had so much great energy and I loved it I was just wanting to be a part of whatever they had going on so I I thought it was cool I didn't know that y'all had just started <laughs> doing it but it was it was awesome and I know everybody everybody that I've been in touch with I'm still in touch with a lot of the people that were in the group and I think that they all enjoyed it they were really merry lions and mm-hmm. just everybody <laughs> That's that's funny because a lot of people that we've had on this show, I mean, have been connections that we made through that group. I mean, it's and, and beyond like the networking that we did, the the amazing people that we found, the amazing people that they brought along with them. You know, it was, it was really great. And that underlying level of like service and that that time of like wanting to help the community and homeless children and, and families in need, I think it was really made that bond really strong that I mean, we even had people get married out of the group before. So uh, we have that to our name. Um, Actually, I do have a story. Oh, we, there was a meeting we were having and I posted on Facebook. I was like, Hey, somebody meet me down here. This is for the kids. You know, that was the hashtag at the time. And this was in 2014, I think May of 2014. I was posting a lot about uh, flight <clears throat> and I posted a, a, a meeting that one of the happy hours and I was like somebody come down here and meet me well my now husband posted on that on that post he said hey I'm interested I'm gonna I'm gonna come down there but he never said anything else to me on on the post so I'm thinking is he for real now I knew him from middle school I hadn't seen him in 30 years like I hadn't uh, seen him in a long time but that was the first post that he ever commented on on my page. Well, the next month was my birthday and I ended up running into him. But that post connected us again. Wow. So it's, it sounds like what you're saying, Nikki, is that Sammy and I basically are responsible for your marriage. So you're very <laughs> welcome. And you didn't even know it. You didn't even Did know not that. know until right now. No. I, I forgot so, all about that until you said that. Yes, he posted, he commented on my post about the flight meeting. And then that was what reconnected us on Facebook. Yes. That, that is a feather in our cap. Um, I, I think we are, we are, uh, I guess we're in, you're forever indebted to us, right? Is yes. I'm so, I owe y'all everything. Uh, well, one of the wow. stories that was my favorite story about you, and, and again, being genuine, honest, just great person to be around, the smile, the laugh, the, the, the jokes, the story, everything that, that you have going on has always been so infectious. And we were actually doing a membership drive 
And I'll never forget, we were doing, um, I, I can't remember, it was like sign up today, you get like a drink coupon or something like that um, yeah. at one of the happy hours. And we had a couple of iPads and I'll never forget, you're like, I'll be back. And you walked off. I thought <laughs> that was the single, the single biggest membership spike that we ever had in one night because I think you signed up like 25 people that I was going to say, I think that was, that was early on, Sammy. I think we doubled the size of the group in like one <laughs> evening because we gave Nikki the iPad and a drink and she was gone for like 35 minutes and came back was like, I'm going to take a break. I just signed up oh, 20 people. I, I think remember I remember that. like you doing this, like, like working hard. I remember that because I, I, I'm not afraid to talk to people, but sometimes I can be like, Oh, what, if, what are they going to think of me? So I remember saying, I don't know anybody in this room. Why should I be scared? And I just talked to everybody. And it, 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 that was so crazy. I remember that too. It's like, well, hey, I got it. I'll do this. And it's like Sammy and I used to Sign tell up. people, we're yeah. like, look, this is to serve homeless children and homeless families. So for someone to say no, like that's going to be a big deal. So it's a pretty easy sell in the grand scheme of things. But you took it and you ran with it. So, so easy. <laughs> so easy to sell. Well, what couldn't have been easy was your Buy It or Build It, the show that you were on on HGTV. So tell us, how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about what that was and, and how you were able to get on that show. So um, a couple of years ago, I had some clients and their twin brothers. One's a builder and one's a remodeler. And they would flip houses. So when the, when the market was good, it changed now. But when uh, flipping was real huge, that's what they did. So I would stage all their properties and they would put them on the market. So about two years went by and I hadn't heard from them at all. And HGTV had called us uh, 2019. The end of 2019, we were going to do a show called Stagers USA. And Stagers USA was about three staging companies across the country, one like West Coast, East Coast, and one Midwest. And we got picked as the Midwest company. And right before COVID, they canceled the show. Mm -hmm. So the guys call in 2021, January, 20, so a year later, and they say, hey, we're going to be on this show on HGTV. We want you to be a part of it. So this is the second time I'm hearing it, and I'm thinking, oh. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to hang out and chill. Let's see if, it, if anything happens. So a week later, I get a call from Canada. I'm like, spam. I'm not answering <laughs> this. <laughs> so I, I ended up answering and it was the producer from their show and from HGTV. So they said, oh, the guys want you on the show. They're, they're doing, they're filming everything in Dallas and they want you to be a part of it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is real. So they send over contracts and all this crazy stuff. And I'm thinking, this is really happening. Because before it was the, the creator of House Hunters, his media company was doing all the work. But this was the actual network. So I'm like, okay, this is real. Mm. So that summer, 2021, summer 2021, we started filming. We've got four of the six episodes filmed. We have two more to do. And then in June, it will be out. It is so crazy it is a lot of fun and it's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be but these guys they're twins so this is the third set of twins that'll be on HGTV so we know the Scott brothers and then the yep. blonde and brunette girls from Unsellable Houses and then Chris mm -hmm. and Calvin Lamont they're 
personalities are amazing. America is going to love them. They are going to be a big, big hit. So I'm very excited about being a part of the show. And I just thought that you'll see me on the background and fluffing the pillows or something, but they have me mic'd up and on every episode, I'm thinking, I didn't know this was happening. So, so you know, we, we've all grown accustomed to watching reality TV, and there's all different types of reality shows. Uh, yes. Some, I would say, and maybe argue a little bit better than others, mm-hmm. but what did you learn from actually being a part of the filming? What was something that maybe surprised you about being on the other end of the camera? So I didn't realize, and I guess I should have, because I'm like the rest of America, I just see what we what they show us. So when the furniture arrives, I'm thinking, oh, that's the people's stuff. That's their furniture. Somebody just set it up for them. It's not. So what I didn't know is (laughs) that somebody comes in and brings it in and then they can either purchase purchase it from them or just get new stuff because that's not any of their furniture anyway. So I I didn't realize that before I started working on it and then when they were saying we can't say she's the stager because they don't have a stager this is their stuff I'm like oh yeah that's right. that's right I'm not a stager I'm just somebody in the background yeah you're just kind of hanging out you're, you're just passing through just you know moving a few things around turning a lamp on right right so I didn't realize that that was a thing but it makes sense now because I'm I'm looking back at all the shows I'm like oh that's why their furniture looks different when they go back. <laughs> so that that's kind of what what I learned about it. And it's most of it's scripted. Of course, they they have to go back and do a lot of the taping. And um, if they say something wrong or they miss something, they have to go back and what shirt did you wear on that day? Because we got to go back and film this part oh. again. So it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I can imagine, especially like with that, like you know move a move a piece of furniture next thing you know it's like on this side of the room versus that side of the room right yes. the, that continuity is something that you always hear about or you see that in the movies right it's the clock's at four o'clock and then next scene it's at like nine o'clock You're like wait a second like, hey yeah. that wasn't uh-huh. there before <laughs> yeah so there was an obscure like as we were doing some research you know we we're just kind of digging through some stuff like trying to learn more about you and everything and there was an HGTV interview, I believe, but I, I want to say that it might have been translated. The website I found it was like translated in Spanish or something. But there was an episode. I, it was like episode fifty-six called Nikki. Fire you're you're just you're just internet famous. You're everywhere. Excuse me. Yeah, I'll send you the link. That way you can you can listen to it. Yes. But let's see. I, and I'm looking at my notes right here. It says fired twice to prime time on HGTV. Oh my. Um. Do you, do you remember that episode or do you remember that? I interview? don't, I don't remember that, but I know that, uh, so the flooring company that I worked for had, did fire me twice. <laughs> probably a story that I've told before and they're trying to translate it. Um, they did fire me twice. So I was working there um, years ago, the first time I got fired from the company, it was a stager actually that got me fired. So this is, he's actually the one that made, got me into the staging industry. So I had a client, his name was Jason Maxwell. He, he loves this story. Uh, <laughs> he was kind of in some financial trouble. 
And he, I was his foreign rep. He was actually filming a show called The Equity Enhancer on Oxygen and Style Network. Okay. So he, um, he was the big stager in town, the biggest, he had the biggest company. And I was just so impressed by what he did. So I'm like, oh my God, I'll go to his warehouse and it's just aisles and aisles of pillows and furniture. I'm thinking, this is the coolest thing ever. I think I can do this. Like this is what I'm, what's running through my mind. And he had me do a flooring job and the flooring guys had to get down underneath the house and jack the house up. That's how unlevel it was. Oh, wow. So they had to jack the house up, float the floor. It was a lot of work. So he authorized me to go ahead and do the work. I called him. I said, hey, they're going to have to do this. This is going to be an addition to on your bill. And he was like, okay, yeah, go ahead and do it because we got to get it done. Because he did remodeling and renovations and stuff before he staged the house. So he did the whole job. So um, when the bill came back, he was like, I never authorized that. So the company, he's a client, he's a big client and the company took his word over mine and they let me go. Mm. About a month later, he wrote an email saying that he was in some trouble. He didn't know how to, to say it. And he did authorize that. And he, he's sorry that I lost my, cause he found out a little bit later that I, I lost my job. So he made everything right and, and called him. I didn't go back to work probably for another year back to the same company. So they called me like, hey, we're sorry. We're on, you know, let, let, you can come back. But in that time that I was gone, I'd started a staging company. Mm. And I was doing a few jobs, but not many. I was just trying to get my feet wet and get in the industry. And Jason had moved out. He had closed his company because of the trouble he was in. Closed his company and moved out of, out of state. And, and so he wasn't a stager anymore. And I heard agents saying, I need a stager. I was like, Mm-hmm. I can do that. I'll be a stager. So that's kind of how I transitioned in and I went back to work. And then the second time they let me go was my company had grew quite big mm-hmm. and they're hearing about it in the industry. They're like, Nikki, the owner of the company, very religious guy. Uh, he was leaving the company, going to ministry full time. And he said, God told me that you should be doing this staging thing instead of flooring. Wow. I said, God didn't tell you that. <laughs> I need my check. <laughs> <laughs> Did God tell you what my direct deposit was as well? Me? Are you firing me? So he was like, no, Nikki, this is it. I think this is it. This is where you need to be. He said, you're doing incredible. Everybody loves you. You do a great job. And I know that this is where, and I was not happy. I felt like First, the first time I was fired, I felt like somebody had died because I was so loyal to this company. It was like a, a terrible heartbreak. The second time I was more upset because I felt like, you know, I, I worked so hard for you guys. I almost was arrogant about, you can't fire me. Like I'm doing, I did you guys, I'm working so hard. I got all this, this business coming in. How can you fire me? So he says, October 1st, 2017 we're this is going to be it you're going to go out on your own and I'm still not happy I said okay but if I don't like it I'm coming back (laughs) so a year goes by so October 2018 I looked at the numbers and I'd almost sold a million dollars in staging and wow and I just of course boohoo crying and I called him I was like you so much for believing in me. 
<laughs> but I just, I couldn't see it. I didn't see it at all. Like he had more faith in what I could do than I did. So it just, it really blew me away that he, he sat me down and said, Nikki, this is not the place for you. And I probably would still be there right now if he didn't do that. Well, it's, it's clear just from reading your, your bio, when we started this episode that you are a really remarkable entrepreneur and that's a really kind of cool story to hear how that actually started. So now that you're a seasoned entrepreneur, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that um, in this portion of the show, Sammy and I, we talked about this earlier. We're curious, what initial advice would you give to somebody, A, who is just starting to dip their toes into doing their own thing? And then B, what advice would you give to somebody else that's maybe a little bit more seasoned and been doing this for a while? Share, share some of your wisdom with us. I think both both people need to know just not to be afraid. Just do it scared. They um, a lot of times I was nervous about if I'm able to support people. So when hiring employees, hiring employees is so scary. Mm -hmm. That's the I think that's the most nerve wracking thing about being an entrepreneur or business owner is if you're hiring people. You think about you're responsible for them, their kids, their, you know, whoever is involved. You're like, oh my God, can I support their whole family? So that's one thing I think people are hesitant about is, first of all, the safety of um, what this looks like. What does the future look like for, for me and my employees? Am I going to be able to, to provide for everybody? But I think it all works. It, it all works itself out just being afraid is not going to get you anywhere. So you just have to keep rolling, just keep moving. So somebody that's just starting out, don't be afraid of people in your background saying that's not going to work. Keep mm -hmm. going. And then the people that are already in business, whatever that next step, step looks like, take it, take that step. Don't be afraid of it. That's kind of how I do. Well, Nikki, I, I'm, I'm writing down notes right now as, as Sammy and I are, are both pausing for a second as we're taking that in. Um, I, I really, that really resonates with me right now personally. Actually, two weeks ago, I wrote a blog about fear and what are some of the ways to, you know, to, to get yourself to where you actually can overcome that fear. And, you know, one of the primary things is you just got to face it, right? Now you've yeah. got to do the plan. You've got to think things through so you're not just, you know, uh, jumping into a pool without knowing how to swim, but at the same time, you've got to make that leap. Yeah. And so with you, is there something besides the fact that you were fired, what else gave you the confidence that you could push through and actually be successful um, with your staging company? I've heard somebody say, Nikki, you uh, build the plane while, you're, while it's flying. I've heard people, several people say that, <laughs> and, and I do. So um, like I said, when, when Jason got out of the business, I started telling people that I was a stager. I had never taken a course. I, hadn't, I didn't know what officially staging was. So I, I'm, I'm a stager, and I'll figure it out in a minute. <laughs> but this is what I'm doing right now. So I have really, I think, <laughs> taken a lot of, a lot of risk when it comes to, um, you know, putting myself in places where I know maybe I'm not as 
I'm more confident that I should be because I really don't know what's going on, but I'll figure it out. So I'm really good at that. I will, I will just take that risk. And I think that that's what I always tell people to do is just to just go for it. So I know that um, sometimes it looks really scary. Um, just taking, taking the pay, you know, away from me from, um, uh, being being fired so that was my secu- security like my paycheck was my security and I'm like oh god I'm, I'm not going to have this now I'm fully on my own I got to make this work and now and that really gave me a boost but I was already kind of doing that along the way so I was building the business as I still I had a company so I basically was doing two jobs but I was really trying to build it and making sure that it was getting to a point where it can at some point sustain itself, but um, I was pushed over the ledge a little bit earlier than I wanted to, and, and I'm glad that he did, so it's just, you know, that's just how, how it happened for me. When when you say you're building it, like, what do you think were some of the key factors in being able to go from where you were as you were building it from starting? What What were some of those incremental steps that kind of took you to the next level? So one thing, one pivotal thing I know happened in the summer of 2017, before I uh, left my job, I hired my first employee. Mm-hmm. So you guys know um, some of the, the, you guys work at Vogel or are associated with Vogel. So the, my first employee came from Exodus Ministries. Mm-hmm. So I went to Exodus and I'm, because at the time I'm marketing for a company, but I want somebody to market for my company. So I didn't want to confuse my consumer and do to have them thinking two different messages. So I wouldn't really cross promote. I would, uh, if somebody knew that I staged, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a stager, but I wouldn't promote to the people that I was promoting the flooring to. So I wanted somebody to do that for me. So I was thinking, where can I get an employee that I can give a, a chance to, and they would, it would help them. It would benefit. So in the middle of the night, I woke up, Exodus Ministries on my mind. And I text a friend of mine that volunteers there. I said, what do you think about um, hiring somebody from Exodus to come and work for me? And she was like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Those girls don't get opportunities like that. You should do it. And she said, meet me up there tomorrow. So I met her up there. We talked to the director and the director said, um, I have this girl that I'm in. She at first I'm telling her what I need. I need a marketing person, somebody that's organized. It's everything that I'm not because I've taken the personality test and I have none of that. (laughs) I am I am very much the creative brain and not the I don't want to see a spreadsheet, numbers, none that kind. I don't want to see it. So I was like, I need somebody organized that the things that I don't have. And she said, Well, there's a couple girls that graduated. But there's another girl that graduates next month. She's here right now. Do you want to talk to her? I'm like, yeah. Mm. So she comes in and um, she sits down, has the best personality, hadn't even said anything, but I could see the personality coming through. So she starts talking and telling me a little bit about some things that she had done in the past. And I'm thinking, this is her. This is who I came here to, to get. And Nikki, real quick, could you share just real quick what uh, Exodus Ministries does? Yes, yes. So Exodus Ministries is a 
uh, apartment complex, basically, but it is a ministry where uh, ladies that are coming from rehab or jail, mm-hmm. um, mainly prison, they come there to live with their children for a year. So it's, it is a full-time ministry. They have to go to Bible study. They have to save money. They have to you know, get a job. Mm-hmm. They have to go to, to budget classes, parenting classes. So it is a very intense program. And a lot of ladies that are not serious about changing their life don't make it through. Like it's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. Um, they got to go to church every Sunday. Like this is the real deal. So um, they live there for, for a year, they graduate from there, and they can either go to another program after like a college program, or they are out on their own. They can mm-hmm. take their furniture that's there that they live with, uh, with them. So a lot of times volunteer groups will come in and uh, decorate an apartment or furnish an mm-hmm. apartment, and then they can take the furniture with them to, as their start, because a lot of times they're starting completely over. The first 45 days of their um, days there, they they are, you know, getting their driver's license and things like that because they really are, you know, starting from scratch. They have to get their kids enrolled in school. That's right down the street. They can walk them to school. So it's a it's a lot of preparation to get your life started over. Mm-hmm. So that's where um, I, I did in my leadership program. We I did some some. Um, volunteering there and I learned about it and I love it so I would always think about how can I go and volunteer and do what can I do over there so I had my mom my mom's been over there my kids everybody my mom has done sewing classes there we've done we've taught all kind of crazy classes (laughs) just to to do give them some skills so we've just done all kinds of stuff so that was kind of the first place that I thought about when I thought about hiring somebody and it just, it, it was perfect for me. So I hired her um, and this was in June. And then another um, employee came in in the same month. And within months, my company grew probably tenfold from just having this person there. And if I would have written down a list of all the things that I needed in an employee, she was all of those things, loyal, detailed, just everything, every quality that I needed. And I, and, and thinking about giving somebody an, a, a second chance, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give somebody a chance to work and make it, make a good life. And I'm, I'm going to change their life. That, that didn't happen. She definitely changed my life. I was mm. blown away immediately. She came in very dedicated to her job and she made that job hers so that was the very pivotal moment in my um company that it just showed me Nikki this is this is what you need to be doing but I still didn't see it until a couple of months later until (laughs) the owner of that company told me but it had grown so much that's how he started hearing about it because Mm-hmm. that she came in and just changed the way my company worked. So Nikki, I'll, I'll I'm, never, I'm cu- or go ahead, Sammy. I'm just going to make a little side comment. I'll never forget. Cause was that, was that design quad that yes. you started? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll never forget you talking about it, seeing some stuff on Facebook about it. And then I would start seeing the trucks yes. like design quad trucks everywhere. And sure enough, driving up the tollway to my house one time, it's just, design quad I thought about you I was like God. and then sure enough Facebook you know showed me what you had going on so it knew that I was around your trucks as well 
So I'm curious, Nikki. So we were talking about Vogel Alcove earlier, and Exodus Ministries is a partner organization of Vogel Alcove. So some of the children that are younger come to our organization where we do our programs and services. And then we also, with our caseworkers, are helping those moms um, as well. One of the biggest challenges that we face with our families, especially those who are coming from a situation of incarceration, mm -hmm. is there are so many roadblocks and obstacles to being able to get to a point where you have the options to be able to earn a job that pays a living wage. It is just an extremely, extremely difficult road. As an entrepreneur, what gave you the, 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 the vision the the confidence that that would be something that you would give somebody a chance because the majority of businesses that is not an option what made you different for me it's just i think that i um identified it with it a little bit better so my sister in 20 2005 maybe ish um she had to go to prison for three years and I had her kids for three two kids for three years so it was kind of our situation this was mm -hmm. our story so had I not been available to keep them probably would have went with to one of the sets of grandparents but they're older mm -hmm. but if none of us was available she would have been in that same situation had to go to a place with her kids and stay there. So when I learned about Exodus, I was very drawn into what they did because that could have been us. That, yeah. That's totally our story. So when I thought about hiring somebody there, I didn't even really think about this person has a background. Like it, that didn't even cross my mind, really. It was just, what could I do to help somebody make a living wage? Because actually her daughter went to, uh, to Vogel. So she oh, wow. went to Vogel all the time. Uh, she was in a lot of you guys' uh, videos. She had little glasses. Her name is Lucy. And she, she had little um, specs. And she okay. was the cutest little girl. And she, and she would say, oh, look, look at Lucy. She's in the video at Vogel. Oh, oh my God, this is crazy. But I just did never... Uh, thought about them having or her having a a background because it is hard. My, when my sister came home, she she does hair, um, but when she first came home, she tried to get a job in different places. They would hire her, and then they find out about her background, and then they would let her go. That happened twelve times. Wow! Wow! Twelve wow. times, and she was like, "I just don't even know what to do. How do people survive?" if they can't get a job. And she was so bummed out about it. She ended up going to get her um, hair uh, cosmetology license and then opened a couple, she opened three three salons, but, and, and is very successful. But if she didn't have that to fall back on, where would she be? Fast food probably, because that's who gives these girls a chance. So that there's a uh, franchisee that has Smoothie Kings and Subways. And he, once they get there, they have an opportunity to work. Mm -hmm at these fast food places, which is good. I mean, it's a job, but can you support children? With yeah, and, and, the, and the answer is typically no, right? No, yeah, yeah. it's very right. hard for them. So I, I didn't really think about their, what I was really thinking about was their situation. Like what, what could I do to be, uh, uh, make a difference in somebody's situation where they need to make real money? They've got a family to feed. Man, 
That's that's very inspiring, and too, especially the fact that you know so many so many people today take what they do for granted, and they don't understand that there's also people that are envious, or not even that, but just look to see what other careers people have, and they want that too, right? They're aspiring to be that. So, I love the fact that you're you're able to do that and help other people, and and that's kind of been your nature ever since we met you. That's one of the things that we want to talk a little bit more about is. Where did that come from? Like, where did that that inspiration for helping other people come from? I'm sure my parents. So my mom is has had me volunteering on some level since I was a little. I don't remember ever not volunteering, like doing something um, to help other people. So we would do stuff with church, and and you know, my my mom was really big in uh, organization, so she would do. Um, charitable things just for everyday people would be at the she's somebody that talks to everybody so if you're at the grocery Mm -hmm. store I'm sure you ever been to a grocery store anywhere in Dallas I'm sure you've talked to her sometimes (laughs) oh I love your shoes oh I love your earrings I mean just everybody so she's she's always volunteered on some level and she's always had us do some volunteer work my dad was very big on opening our house to all the kids in the neighborhood. So he'd be like, oh, let's go to Sam's. It's summertime. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go get pizzas for everyone. You know, just open our house. So we've always had this give mentality, my sister and I, um, just from our parents. And then now my mom is very involved in whatever I orchestrate. She's like, so what are we doing this winter? Are we helping some people? What are we doing? (laughs) I'm like, yes, mother. Can you go buy some coats for the ladies at Exodus? I need these sizes. This is your job. And then she'll, she loves it. She loves it. So it's, it's always been something we've done all the time of our entire life. So, and my kids are just the exact same way. So they, they love doing stuff for, for people too. You know, a few years ago, I had a woman walk up to me in a convenience store and she stopped and she looked at me and said, I love your shoes with just the biggest smile and walked off. And to this day, it made me feel so good. And I'm just, from this point on, I'm just gonna pretend that that was your mom. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. <laughs> well, it, it made an impact on me. And so I'm sure your mom is someone who has always inspired you. Who are some other people that you look to, whether they're friends, family, or just people that maybe you don't even know, but where do you, where do you draw your inspiration? I have a lot of good people around me. I have a, a friend that's in the title industry and she she kind of inspired me to do something that I didn't think that that I was that just wasn't on my radar. So she came to me and said she had made a lot of money in 2020 and um she wanted to know what she could do. She said, I know you you do stuff all the time, you you raise money, you you you're very charitable what can I do with this extra money? She said, can I just give you some money every month and you just find some people to give it to? And I'm like, that's a great idea. <laughs> so she, she started this, kind of started this movement that I just did a small group with friends and we'll scour the internet for people or if we hear something for people that need stuff. So um, probably a year ago it started, we, I started this group with her in it and I would say, hey, these people just had a fire. We need to buy, send some clothes or they just need some emergency stuff for the night before you know they go on the Red Cross or whatever. 
and everybody would send money in. We would send it to the people or somebody needs a hotel room. Uh, we bought a refrigerator for a grandparent that had six kids and they didn't have a refrigerator for months. And I mean, just things like that. So I just, I get a lot of inspiration from friends that have great hearts. They probably don't necessarily know how to um, go about things, but they, they really inspire me to think outside the box and make things happen. So um, I have a, just a lot of great, great people around me. I'm taking more notes here. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm really inspired by that because that's something that I, I talk a lot on this show about my kids and we've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old um, now. I know. I, I don't think I had kids when I, when I yeah. met you. Mm. Yeah. Um, nor this many gray hairs either. So, um, but one of the things that I teach my kids and, and try and instill in them is that giving back that charitable donations, that kind of stuff. So right now they, they've done a couple of good things, first steps, right? So being able to clean out their closet, some old toys that they don't want, they, oh, wow. they decided to sell them and then take that money and then find a location to donate to sometime this year. So right now they've sold $25 worth. Um, and dad's helping with some Facebook listings there, um, but they're doing a good job. Um, awesome. But I love it, it takes a lot to, to understand like, you know, how to get that ball rolling, right? So with you, um, I guess the question I was, I was kind of leading up to with that story is like, when you see those opportunities, like how do you get that ball rolling? Because you, you've got so many different opportunities that you've had through your entrepreneurial background. But how do you do that in a charitable aspect as well? Um, really just get, uh, gathering everybody together. I don't know if you guys saw this story about four or five years ago. Um, and when it was really hot and it ended up on CNN, this is craziness. So um, I, I will say, <laughs> I, I remember that. I searched for it and that was actually in my notes to talk about. So you're oh reading my, my mind right here. Oh my gosh. So um, I think that I use Facebook a lot. Now, my kids are not the Facebook age, they're Instagram age. And they think that I'm super old for <laughs> being on Facebook and why, why do I still use it? It's so lame. But I think that I've connected with so many great people on Facebook. I don't, I don't think I'll ever get off of it. Mm -hmm. So, and all of the people that are on my page pretty much know I'm going to do something for somebody and I'm going to get everybody involved at some point during the year. And I think people look for that. So a couple of years ago, when, when this happened, I was, uh, it was very hot. It was like 108 for a whole week in Dallas. And I said, Hey, you guys, let's just, let's put some money together and let's donate some air conditioners for some elderly people because it's dangerously hot. We don't know, you know, if people are checking in on them or not. And, you know, may, maybe we can save a life not thinking that this is going anywhere. Like I'll get two, two donations. I'll be able to buy one, one air conditioner. I don't know. So I post this on Facebook and it is going crazy. People are donating. It is going up and up. And I, at, at this point, I'm thinking now where am I going to find these elderly people? <laughs> <laughs> so I called 311 and I asked them for, you know, where could I donate some air conditioners? And they said, well, maybe Meals on Wheels, because that makes sense. They're going in people's houses, so they'll know 
who needs an air conditioner. So I was like, oh, that's great, Meals on Wheels. So they called them, Meals on Wheels said, no, we don't take them, we're not, we're not interested. So the, the dispatch person got my number and she said, I'm gonna look around and I'll see if I can find somebody. Well, she calls back maybe two hours later on her personal phone and says, I talked to somebody at the senior source and uh, maybe they'll take them because they, they go and they do a lot of things in people's homes and maybe they can tell you where to go. So she didn't know for sure, but she just thought that would be a good place. So I call the senior source and they're having a meeting in, in the break room about raising money, raising their personal funds to get air conditioners to deliver to people the next day because wow. it is 108 the next mm -hmm. day it's gonna be like the hottest day so the girl i call the girl and she's like are you are you serious are you for real are you i said no yeah i'm me and some friends we're it's just a facebook group and we just want to donate some air conditioners and we're just trying to figure out can we get them delivered to you guys and y'all can put them in she said i'm going to cry right now this is so crazy. She said, we're having a meeting right this minute and we're all trying to figure out how much we can donate out of our pockets to get some air conditioners, to go to Home Depot and just go get some air conditioners. I'm like, wow, oh my God, this is awesome. So she, she said, I told her, let's meet in the morning. We'll go to Home Depot and we'll just buy some and, and, um, and take them to the people. You guys can deliver them. So a lady that worked there her husband was going to deliver and install these air conditioners. So they met, he met me and she met me at the, at the Home Depot. Some kind of way, Channel 5 was there mm -hmm. and they have the, the camera in my face. So I'm asking <laughs> the guy for a discount. I'm like, hey, can we get a few more? I'm trying to wiggle some in there. Look at you. <laughs> I never ask for a discount, y'all, ever. I don't yeah. care what, what it is. I'm always, I tell my husband all, all the time, Pay the people what they ask. Just pay. I don't I don't ask for a discount. That's so crazy. So, but I, at this time, I know how much money I have. And, and while I'm driving there, more people are donating. It's just going up and up. Wow. So um, I get there and I, I, I'm like, oh, well, maybe our company has a discount because we, we shop at Home Depot sometimes. So I call the owner of Ideal Floors. And I said, hey, do we have any discount here? And he's like, what you trying to do now, girl? Because he knows <laughs> I said, well, um, uh, I've raised some money for some air conditioners and I just want to buy these air conditioners. I have enough for 14, 15 right now. And he says, well, whatever it is, whatever you have, I'll match it, put it on your company card and I'll buy wow. 15. So it goes from two, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to get, to 15 when I get there. And then he doubles it to 30. Wow. So we get... 30 and then the manager says oh I'll, I'll take the tax off you don't have to I'm like oh we can get another one so we we ended up with 32 air conditioners and channel 5 is has the camera in my face and when Kevin says he's going to match the donation I am bawling <laughs> I'm crying on camera I'm so embarrassed but I'm like oh my god this is crazy and she and the girl that works at senior source she is she has lost it at this point mm. she's thinking oh my gosh we were just having this conversation yesterday and this this is what happened in 24 hours so I think that gathering your people when your people know that you are going to do something 
amazing for somebody else they want to be a part of it everybody wanted to be a part of that and they and they always do they're like what are we doing now what's what's on the agenda i gotta think of something new <laughs> it's it's really fun and i i really appreciate everybody that supports the crazy ideas i have all the time <laughs> gosh i love it well, well speaking about you've shared some of your successes Talk a little bit about some of the failures you've had. I mean, I guess we've talked a little bit about losing your job twice, but it seems like both of those were things that were kind of out of your hands that also ended up being extremely huge blessings in disguise. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of curious to see maybe what other stories you could share about a failure and maybe how you grew from it. So I think all of my fail failures get me to the point where I'm, I'm like, what is the next step? So actually the failure before the success that I can attest to probably the most my daughter worked for me so my I have a set of twins they're 27 and one of the twins had just graduated from the University of Houston and um, hotel restaurant management you know they have the Hilton Hotel that the students run there and she just come home from school and she said hey I can't really find a, a job in my field can I come help you with your staging company I said together this is awesome this is before my first employee okay um, she is in there and she is just really you know working and getting all my contracts done so this took a piece of the job away from me because of course as a business owner you're everything you're the janitor you're the the bookkeeper you're the cpa you're the everything so she took a lot of the paperwork stuff for me away so i can actually do the the actual staging so I'm like, this is perfect. We're going to work together. It's going to be great. Well, she quit on me. <laughs> she said, mommy, this is, this is too much. I can't do it. This is, this is crazy. So that's where I had to go find an employee. Okay. And that led me. And into that's the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So she started this crazy journey but but of course kids don't want to do what their parents do i i hear it all the time the the kids that work for the company that i worked for before they're the son and daughter they were, were trying to be marine biologists and all kinds of crazy stuff and they end up in the flooring industry anyway so i i always say my kids will come back around they're they're just not in it right now mm -hmm. but uh that was just that was a a major thing for me because i was really hurt i'm like together and nah she's not interested they're still not interested but I yeah. think that whenever I get a no I, I have a I have a, a speech that I talk about moving past no that was one of my no's and I, I moved past that no and just moved to the next to the next step so hiring somebody giving somebody a second chance thinking that I was changing somebody's life was not really at all what happened so <laughs> I, I got my life changed by that whole situation so I think that um you know just kind of keeping your mind open and not not really shutting down a lot of people shut down after things don't go their way or what they think could happen um I've had a lot of friends are like oh gosh I can't I'm trying to do this business and it's I got this this thing going on and they I think that we we make excuses for um, why we don't want to move to the next step or why we can't be successful. And I've just always just said yes to everything that I can say yes to and just keep going 
no matter whatever the thing is that that brought me there. Um, I, another thing, a failure. Um, when I first started staging, my ex-husband, the husband for the before this, didn't think that staging was going to be successful. So he, um, when I first got my first job, he was like, "No, that's stupid. It's not going to be successful." And I could have stuck with that. I could have let that be the end of that conversation. And very much so the closest person to you so of course some people would would listen to that they're like mm-hmm. oh you know this person said it's not going to work and I didn't I didn't let that stop me from from doing what I thought was my calling so I just kept kept going there's That's so awesome. much value yeah I've taken a ton of notes here too so Greg, I think we're gonna have a hard time with uh, oh my gosh. pair this down <laughs> into like uh-huh, three things. It's always so difficult, but I, I mean, one bullet point already right here has about sixteen scribbles next to it. So, <laughs> well, I've got I've got a question that um, as we were planning the show, I was curious to ask you because I mean, you, you do so many different things and you do it so well. So this is actually going to be a two-part question that. Gosh, you know, I, I actually, I'm going to stop because I think it's going to be too much to be a two-part question. So I'm just going to go with one and then I'll come back with the other one. So you've talked about your family and your family is so important to you. Talk a little bit about how you make sure that you're dedicating the right type of, of time and effort to your family while also having such a successful career. So I make sure that I talk to my family every day. So I have a cousin's group. And we're, we are kids of first cousins. So we're not first cousins. We're like third cousins. Okay. We speak every day. We are each other's support. If I have something going on, they're always there. We just make sure that we're spending time with each other a lot. And we are very, very, a very close family. So on my mom's side, we've had a family reunion over a hundred years. It's 350 of us see each other all the time, and it's been going on my whole life. You what know, you said, a hundred, a hundred years, a hundred years, over wow. 100 years. Yes. So we have every every year in July we meet. We go somewhere every other year. So we'll go to um, our hometown, which is Overton, Texas, down in between Tyler and Henderson, kind of down there, and then or we'll go. Uh, to Dallas or Memphis or Kansas City. So we every other year we'll go home and then we'll go somewhere else. So we'll okay. go away. Um, it's That's so cool. A lot of fun seeing it because we've grown up together. So we've seen each other's kids grow up and and so we're really close. Our our children have their own cousins text group going on. So that's another generation down. Um, and so they are everybody's super close. It's probably 20 of them in their group and they are they FaceTime every day. They are very, very close. So for me, it's it's pr- fairly easy to keep connected to everybody because we're we're just always around. Mm-hmm. Um, my my daughters and I we're, we're, we talk all the time. My mom and sister we talk every day all day. So it's it's basically integrating them into your life. Okay, I gotta go to a meeting. I'll call y'all back, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is. So that's kind of how we live life. We're just always connected. Um, the people so our movers that work for us. 
they are a very, very close family, just like ours. And I love to see them. They're on FaceTime every day. So they're FaceTiming their parents in Mexico. And so they're talking all day long. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll move something. They'll do, do the moving of everything. And then they'll get back on. And somebody's on there and they're laughing like they've been on there the whole time. I'm like, yuck. <laughs> but it's so fun to see other families just connecting like that. So we have um, at, at my company, the movers, so the, the mover is the uncle, the, the nephew is in the office doing the paperwork. So it's just a, it's just a family. The, his dad is our main mover. It's just a lot of family all the time. They're, the mom is there. She does stuff in the warehouse. So it's like their family and our family is together. It's just crazy. It's, it's just a lot. And I love that dynamic. So we're, we're having baby showers and going to weddings and we do everything together. So my personal family is close. And then my work family is close. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of stuff together. Uh, we, we do a trip every summer. So it is all about the kids. Um, we go to Gaylord and we do go to the water park and have a blast all weekend. We go to dinner together. The kids get dressed up. And it's so fun. Our Christmas party is about the kids. It's uh, pancakes and hot uh, pancakes and hot chocolate every every Christmas. So they open up gifts. It's mostly about the kids. So we have a blast. We just have so much family stuff. So what I've learned in my personal family, I've taken over into my company, and it just it's a blast. Well, my, my, or go ahead, go ahead, Sammy. No, no, go ahead with your second one. Well, the, the second one is, is it's a little bit, obviously it's a, it's a lot different, but again, when I listen to you talk, you just do so many amazing, cool things. And again, this conversation has just got my brain going in a hundred different directions of like things that, man, I have an opportunity to do this. I have an opportunity to do that. Like, let's start getting that as something that's going to be intentional part of my life. I'm curious, what does your evening routine look like? And what does your morning routine look like? Do you have habits that are, are, are consistent or is it just all over the place? Yes, whatever. Usually when I'm home, I am kind of laying in bed, watching a sh- crazy show. I just watched Tyler Henry, the life after death. I watched the whole series in like two mm-hmm. days. I, I binge watched some crazy stuff and that's really it. Like I, in the evening time, I'm nothing I'm doing nothing you just, you just turn it off right I just turn everything off and in the morning I really kind of get up I um I don't have really routines but I try to you know get up pray move around a little bit um well, I was working out at Orange Theory I loved it and I miss it now I'm, I'm I live way in the country I can't go to drive that far mm-hmm. in the morning so I gotta figure out something else to do but I loved working out early I would go to the 5 30 class and it was a blast. So I got to I got to do something else like that. Mm-hmm. But morning routines really nothing much. Nothing nothing important. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh you know, it, it's it's one of the biggest takeaways there. I think like in you talking about it it always goes back to building relationships and that's how we started the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people have just gotten so much from you without you even knowing. I mean, you talk about the family, you talk about your workplace, you talk about the culture that you bring. And I think that's what really benefits the people that are around you. And, you know, there's not a question behind that. I just want you to know that because that is also something that, you know, as I've seen you and known you through Facebook or, 
you know, you'll put the funny posts out there or you put the serious posts out there. But, you know, I've stayed connected to your life there and you've got so many things going on that I think, you know, hopefully people are telling you that too, that, you know, I think everyone can appreciate not only the hustle, uh, but the way that you go about business and making those genuine relationships, because you make everybody, even just through a screen, feel like like we're part of your culture and your family as well. Thank you. Yes, I just, I try to make sure that I'm being genuine. I Like on Facebook, <clears throat> I know that during dating life, people are like, you shouldn't put that stuff on there and you shouldn't put that much stuff. And I'm thinking, I just want people to know that I'm real. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be talking about business all the time on my, on my page because that's, that gets boring. You mm-hmm. don't want to hear, be pitched to all day long about stuff. And, and sometimes I don't post a lot of business stuff just because I don't want to be too, you know, too in your face about business. So I try to be real and I'll post just so what I'm thinking, like just some crazy, crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> stuff on there. But I just try to be as genuine as I can be so people can know the real me. And that's that's kind of, you know, I have built relationships that way. I, I was given a presentation in Frisco one time years ago. And um, this lady, she just looked like she wanted to run up there and tell me something. I'm thinking, what is going on with this lady? And I'm talking and, and I could just see her like almost getting out of her seat. She was just dying to get up. And I'm thinking, this lady is, maybe she's got to go to the restaurant. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and as soon as I'm done, she darts up there. She's like, oh my God, I'm finally meeting you in person. She said, I've been your friend on Facebook for 10 years and you are just so funny. And she said, when I used to put, my name is Nikki Giovanni, and then Mm -hmm. I'll put whatever crazy stuff. She said, my husband doesn't have Facebook, but one day I read read your post to him. And every day after that, he said, what she posts today. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's the craziest thing. And I'm just thinking, this people are really watching and paying attention Mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. So that really blew me away just to see how, people are impacted by it. And I said one day, I don't do it anymore, but I said one day I'm going to stop these posts. And this lady inboxed me and she said, please don't stop these posts. She said, you are the person. She said, I get up every morning and I read this and it it just makes my day. Please don't stop. And I'm like, you know, isn't that amazing? And, you know, social media, definitely there's lots there's lots of components to it that, that probably we wish could be better. And it gets a, it gets a bad rap in a lot of different scenarios and, and probably rightfully so, but there's a lot of good that comes from our ability to connect with people, to stay in touch with people. And Sammy and I have talked about this where we'll have people come to us and they'll mention something that we posted or something that we shared, or they'll, they'll have a takeaway of something that honestly, I didn't think it resonated with anybody. Right. And it, it shares that impact. So I don't know, that, that's just a really cool story to hear how people, people are really watching and you don't always know because they're not always commenting. They're right. not always liking or sharing, but people right. are watching what you put out there. It's true. I didn't, I didn't even recognize her name. I, I don't think that she had ever responded to anything, mm. but I, that was just mind blowing that she said, my husband asked about you every morning. I'm thinking, I don't know this guy. This is crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Nikki, you're just, you're Facebook famous. That's it. Oh my gosh. Well, I wanted to ask you because like, like you said, you you talk a lot about business. You talk a lot about, you know, different things that you're into. 
something that I found most recently was you started talking about some of that land redevelopment, that home building stuff. And it just really blew my mind. I said, wow, she's really like, she's becoming a mogul. Like she's got, she's got all aspects of the business. So how did that come about? Cause I'm really interested in that because like, you are even telling people like in some of your posts, you were saying like, Hey, there's ways that you can do this too. And nobody knows about it. So, so maybe tell us a little bit about how you started that path. And then like maybe some of those, those tips or what some people should know about that. So what my, one of my cousins, the, in the group, <laughs> one of the guy cousins, it's only girls in there and the guys want to get in, but they can't. So one of the guy cousins has been a builder for about 20 years and he worked for big companies like Meritage and Grand and, um, and he wanted to start doing some smaller stuff. And he said, Hey, Nikki, let's partner up. So I told him, Oh, I'll buy the land you can build. And then we'll do this together. So we started buying in Fair Park when this is when stuff was affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought a piece of, a couple pieces of land in Fair Park and built the houses pretty fast. They were affordable, you know, under 200 and people loved it. So this that's kind of how I got started in it. And I just started buying land wherever I could find it. Um, but there's there's so many good deals still, even in the in the market, everything is pretty inflated right now, especially when it comes to land. Well, everything, but there's still some deals to be found. So I, I'd go on a site called landflip.com and landflip is basically people that are just getting rid of, of land and they just really don't want to, they don't want to put it on the market because they don't want to pay a realtor. And it's really still some good prices. So I bought a couple pieces of land down in Maybank, by Cedar Creek Lake. Oh, yeah. No, exactly where that is. Yep. Maybe $2,500, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's still some affordable stuff out there. Um, just kind of depends on where you're looking. So Cleburne still, Granberry is a good area for affordable um, because people are really not out there because it's a little bit far but people are not building as much as they are in the Metroplex. So people, of course, Rockwall, you'll probably never get anything affordable again in Rockwall. Um, but people are going further east and west, you know, out to the outskirts. Sherman Denison is huge right now. So people are even building out there and the prices are going up a lot. So just Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Buying in Oklahoma, right. and even that's what, like Broken Bow. Oh, forget about it. like there. Right, it's crazy. But other places, there's still um, some some good deals out there. And that land flip is all over the country. So if you want to buy something in in El Paso, that's just ten acres of of dirt, mountain desert, it's gonna be cheap. So yeah. they have some good stuff in there. You just drive your little RV up there and. <laughs> There you go. I love it. Have, have a camping spot, but that's, yeah. I, I really like building. It's a great industry. Um, there's really no inventory right now. The, the larger builders are, they've got lists as long as 2000 people on waiting lists trying to get houses built. So it's, it, it's in a, it's a crazy market right now. I think I saw an article today or, or a headline today that stated that somebody mentioned they were offered $50,000 to vacate their, I guess, place in line or whatever it was because they wanted to just, somebody else wanted to buy. And so they're like, I'll give you $50,000 to like basically take over. Just to Um, skip the line. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was like, hmm, I need to get in some lines. <laughs> I know, right? Great idea. That's a great business idea. Nikki, let's go into business together. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So next year, we're gonna are we gonna do this show again, and then you guys could tell us about like your uh, your line skipping. Yeah. I mean, like, your line skipping I business. My place for twenty five thousand. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I like this. I love it. Nikki, awesome. tell us a little bit about the Restart Foundation. Yeah. Yes. So the Restart Foundation started as an idea from my daughter, my youngest daughter. She's 26 and she had volunteered at Exodus many times and she's painted there. She's painted rails. She's a furnished apartment. She's done everything. So uh, she calls me on uh, New Year's Day this year and says, hey, what do you think about opening a call center and hiring the ladies from Exodus? What? She said, oh yeah, you can pay them more than the, than the franchise guy, the, the food places, and then they'll have a job. And this, is, this is interesting. And you, and you come up with this idea, do you wanna be the manager of this? What is, no, 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 I don't wanna be a part of it. I just think it's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the so, idea person the idea was born restart the restart agency came out of uh the idea that my daughter came up with and i'm like that that's pretty and i couldn't ignore it so it was a thing that nikki you got a lot of things going on should you take this on and i couldn't ignore it it kept coming back and i'm like oh gosh i gotta do it so this is on a thursday i think uh, new year's day was saturday so Saturday, New Year's Day, Monday, we have a meeting. So my mom, my daughter, and me have a meeting at my office about starting this call center. And we're like, okay, what are we going to call it? We come up with a name. So about an hour later, we got a logo. This is what it is. This is happening. And I call my friend and I say, hey, what do you know about opening the call, running the call center? And he's a real tech guy. And he said, I don't know much about it, but I can research it. And so we have a tech guy <laughs> that, that has built our phone systems, our outbound, outbound email and text campaign systems, creating databases for people to call on. I mean, like he had it all together. He, wow. he talked about this on yesterday. He said, uh, Nikki, Nikki came up with the idea and a couple of days later I was bringing uh, 12 Chromebooks home and programming. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we work. We just do it. Do, get an idea yeah. and let's run with it. So I presented it to, because I hadn't even talked to Exodus about this yet before this idea was already going. So I talked to the, <laughs> talked to the uh, director there, her name is Susan Stevens, and I take her to lunch. I say, hey, I got this idea. So she's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This will be amazing. I'm like, thanks, because you're, you're the employees that I need. I, <laughs> this is for you. I, I didn't think of, I couldn't think of anybody else to hire. So she, she agreed with it. So the, she got the girls that were ready to, to work or some that were not making as much money and she offered it to them and then they came over so it's been really good so they have been working two months now almost they they started working right before um i guess the first week of february so january 1 was the was the was the idea date and first week of february so five weeks later they were wow. a, a thing 
So now it is uh, the foundation. So the, the Restart Foundation is the training vehicle for the agency. So they will, we have a training program that uh, a big, a large um, advertising firm is going to come in and start training them on everything that they know. So they'll t teach them um, advertising, PR, they'll t teach them uh, graphics, everything that they, um, that they need to know to, to do their job efficiently. So right now they're doing a lot of uh, call out campaigns. They're doing social media campaigns for small businesses. And it is a uh, it's been amazing. So I've already seen so much talent. These ladies love coming to work. It is it's just another thing that's yeah. changed me. <laughs> Nikki, can, can you elaborate a little bit more about what they're actually doing? I mean, th this is this is fascinating for me. It's crazy. So um, what they're doing is they're marketing for small businesses. So if there's a um, uh, there's a photographer mm -hmm. and he is our, our our first client. So this is this is a little plug. We have a semi-celebrity client. Okay. So, uh, do you guys know Full House? We do. Yes. Okay. So Kimmy Gibbler, the oh, best yeah. friend, the DJ, she is dating a guy that used to be an agent, a, a real estate agent in Dallas. Okay. So he is now a real estate agent and a photographer in California. They lived together for about five years in LA. Her name is Andrea. Her real name is Andrea. Okay. So they, they've lived together for about five years. And he, he saw my post about the restart agency. So he calls and say, hey, tell me about this place. And I said, well, um, we're hiring these girls, giving them an opportunity to do something, you know, make, make a living wage. And they're going to be marketing for small businesses. So they are running, running social media ads, um, or, you know, running their accounts, social media accounts, or cold calling, whatever people need them to do that they'll do. If uh, realtors come in and they need somebody to manage their database or um, just kind of send out cards or whatever it is that they need them to do, that's, that's the thing. And it's not, um, it's not subscription-based, so they don't have to sign up for years and years and years. It's just whatever their budget is. So if they have a $200 budget and they just need somebody to make a few calls for them, that's what it is. Okay. Or if they need um, just, just some kind of work done and they don't really have time for it, that's what these girls are doing. It's basically just covering their whatever their, their uh, pay is. So he calls and says he wants this to be our first client. So he is, we're, we're managing his social media account. And it's amazing because he sent us a formula, like this post, comment out on this post, two days later, do this again. Then uh, so many days later, give them an offer. So it's a formula that of managing his account. So we're like, oh gosh, this is, this is awesome. We can use this for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And he's got great social media contacts. People are engaging on his post now. He's, he's, his followers has gone, have gone up. And this is, it's been amazing for our first client to have that kind of success. So that's basically what they do is they manage accounts for, or, uh, you know, do whatever they need to do for marketing and advertising for small businesses. And this is something that um, most of them are coming in. They don't, they don't even know what advertising is. Like, what, what do we do? So what, what, but there's one girl that was really, really good and really knowledgeable about, um, all things, social media, all things marketing. She knew 
because I think she, in some capacity, she did it in before, you know, before mm-hmm. she got in trouble, she worked for a company that she, this is what she did. She was a, a manager of their marketing and she came in with all the knowledge. So she was able to jump right in and know what was happening. So it, it's wow. crazy. <laughs> and in five weeks, you've got this thing up and running and helping other people right off the bat. Yeah. Mind blowing. Crazy. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to need some of your and some of the uh, restart agencies tips and tactics to make sure that we blow this episode up because people need to hear your story and they need to hear about the things that you're doing and how you live your life because this is absolutely phenomenal and inspirational and I cannot wait for people. Sammy, we got our work cut out for us. We got to make sure people listen to this episode. I, I have a feeling that we might be calling Nikki back about the restart agency just to help us out with this as well. What? They'll love it. They they will love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Nikki, we could keep you on here for another hour, easy. Um, and in fact, I still got a list of things that I want to ask you about, but we're we're getting to the point of the show where we've got to start kind of winding things down and bringing it home. And so this is the part where we ask every guest that we come on this, uh, this show with us, we ask the same questions and we love to hear the different answers that we receive. Um, Sammy, I'll start with the first one. If you want to come in with the second one. Sure. Um, so basically what first enters your mind, Nikki, when we ask the following question, what is a favorite actionable tip method routine, or even just a lesson learned in self-development that you think would help encourage our audience? Self-development, always learn something. So I do a lot of um, online courses, just create the craziest stuff. So I've taken a, a course on Coursera. That's the, the site that I go on. And I will just take the most random class just to be learning something all the time. So probably on the week, every weekend, maybe on Sunday, I'll just log on there and say, what kind of class can I take? And I'll just scroll that Mm -hmm. thing and figure out what I can do. But it's just, I I just feel like I need to be pouring something in. I'm not always a sit down and read a book person. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really... Um, I could do better about time management and, and making sure that I'm sitting down reading a book, but learning something online, they made it so easy <laughs> to do now. Um, I, I just love it. And it's free. So I do it all the time. I'll I've never, it. I've never heard of this. It's called Coursera. Coursera. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Coursera. It, I'm going ch- to check it out. A free site. Um, there's another one that I took a course, a Harvard course. I can't think of the name of the site. I'll have to look it up, but uh, it was a Harvard, and I was like, oh, I'm going to Harvard. I'm not really going to Harvard, <laughs> but it was a course offered by Harvard, and it made me feel so smart. I'm <laughs> Harvard student, but, <laughs> but it was free, and there's there's just so many. You can learn, and people go on YouTube and learn stuff, uh-huh. but I, I go on there and just kind of make it feel a little more formal because it has a test at the end and it just makes you feel like I'm I'm learning something officially. So well I'll- I'm big on going into YouTube, but it, it can be a it can be a task to try to find the right stuff because there's so much. So to have a site that's dedicated to actual courses that seems like it's going to streamline and be something that's going to save me a little bit of time. So yes. thank you for sharing that. And, yeah it's cool. Awesome. 
That's great to know. And I, I'll link that in the, in the show notes as well uh, when we publish this episode. So the second question that we always ask everybody, it's a little bit of a theoretical question, mm -hmm. but it's our the pursuit of growth time capsule question. So we're going to create a time capsule. We want you to write something on there. We want you to put it in there and we're going to bury it for 10 years. And then in 10 years, we're going to dig it up. Okay. So what advice would you write on your note to yourself to dig up in 10 years? 10 years. Um, stay grounded. I mm -hmm. think that um, a lot of, of course, all this show stuff coming up, um, a lot of that are happening right now look large. And I don't want to get to a place where I feel like I've moved past who I am. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm always, you know, like I said, staying connected to my family, staying connected to the people that mean the most to me. So staying grounded, I think would be a huge one. Um, I, I wrote this list of 300 things. So I don't know if you guys saw that post, but uh, Steve Harvey in goal time, he's, he said, write down 300 goals that you have. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to write these 300 goals and it's going to take me forever. So I, I got to about 120 and I slowed down. He said, you'll get to 75 and you'll slow down because you can't think of that kind of stuff. He said, write down what kind of car you want, what kind of color, what all this stuff. So one of the things on my 300 list was to meet um, the Obamas. And so this, this could happen immediately this year, next year, whatever. So I'm thinking, this is one thing that I want. I want to meet the Obamas. So this was in December, December 27th. I, I wrote this list. This was right before the new year started. I get a call about the second week of January and a lady that started a group called the Outdoor, it's called Black Ladies Who Love Outdoor Living. And she's got like 83,000 people in this group. It is okay, a huge wow. group. She's been on all kinds of shows. Good Morning America. She's just, and she's from here, I think Waxahachie, but the Dallas area. She calls me and says, I want you to speak on a panel this summer at our conference. It's in Houston. It's going to be 20,000 people there. And I want you to speak. And one of the people that's going to be there is Michelle Obama. And I, <laughs> I lost it. So those are like that kind of news and knowing you're going to be on a show and all this kind of crazy stuff that's happening. I'm like, I don't even, I never want to get to a point where I forget this. This is the feeling that I have right now about thinking about being on a panel with a Michelle Obama. I don't want to ever lose that feeling. So I, I would say to myself, stay grounded. Nikki, yeah. I want to see this list of 300. It's I crazy. do too. It's crazy stuff. Like it is, this list is a lot about the people around me. So it's, it's got everybody's name that works for me. And I'm thinking, I'm saying specific things about them. Like um, one of the girls that works in my office, make her more money. Mm. And just all, it, this list has blown my, and by the end of it, I could have went on to four or 500 because I was just on a roll. I was like, yeah, I can do that and that. This list is crazy. And I am, I encourage everybody to do it because it will just, it'll just blow you away. It, it well, blew me away immediately. You know, Sammy and I wrote a book that 
at its core, it's about setting goals in the right areas of life, right? And then an actionable plan on how to actually accomplish those goals. And I know people probably roll their eyes. They get tired of me saying it. But like your life changes when you actually get ambitious about the goals that you set and you actually develop the habits and the processes behind how to achieve them. And then when you start achieving them, it's not even the achievement that's the big thing. It's just, it's that journey. It's the process. It's the progress that just changes everything about your life. And, uh, oh my gosh, 300, you've just challenged me. I got to step my game up now. 300. It took me about a couple, it took me about three hours. It took mm-hmm. about three hours because because I got crazy and like, okay, what else? What what else could you even want in life? What else could mm-hmm. this be? And then when I started thinking about things that are connected to me, it just, it just went on. Well, what I really love too, is when people think about goals, I'm, I'm just going to say 99% of the time they start thinking about themselves, mm-hmm. which that's very important. But Sammy and I both talk about you should be making goals with how are you going to love and serve other people? Yeah. And that's when things really take off. And I love that you shared that. Oh yeah. That, that was, that was the most important thing that I got a, away from that was all the people, all the names I, I wrote down names that I hadn't even people I hadn't thought about in years. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this person. And I was just writing and it was just flowing. And it, that was, it was really crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Nikki, this is the part of the show that Greg and I, uh, again, it's it's one of the most selfish things we can do, right, is, is to take all these great lessons learned and then hopefully take these and spread them all across to all the audiences that, that listen to these. But we're going to take our top three takeaways. And, and Greg, um, I don't know, maybe we need to flip a coin, see who goes first, but or maybe we'll let Nikki pick. Nikki, who, who should go first? Um, Greg, because his name starts with a G. Nice. Good. I, I was hoping I would get to go first because I wanted to say this one, and I guarantee you it's on Sammy's <laughs> list. But Nikki, you said build the plane while it's flying. <laughs> I mean, and, and then I don't know how many stories you shared on this episode where literally you built the plane while it was flying, and that personally inspires me. Um, it just, it, 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 your courage, your ambition, your just, your love for life just, just flows through the video screen and the audio in everything that you talk about. And I just thought that was such a cool saying, but then it's not just a saying, it's your lifestyle. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's true. I, I don't know how it happens, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Hi. My, one of my, and I, I'll lead with this one because I think it's the most impactful and we've seen it throughout this whole episode that we started off this conversation. And it's all about paying attention to other people and live genuine. But the paying attention to other people, I think is a different way I've ever heard it phrased because that means you care and you can give back. So that really resonated with me. Sammy, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that, you know, in the stories that you shared, Nikki, and and I know you have many, many, many more that you could have shared. Um, you lead with your heart and you have a servant's heart. You are helping so many people, but what is clear to me is it's not just that you're sitting back waiting for people to come to you. You are proactively going out to find how you can help people. 
And that may be the takeaway that I hope people really, really just grab onto from this episode and actually apply to their lives. Because so often we would sit back and say, yeah, you know what? If someone needs help, I'll help them. Right. Well, people are out there that need help, but oftentimes they need you to go to them. And so that really, really, really hit me hard. So thank you for sharing those stories. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, it's funny, Greg, because I'm going to piggyback off yours. Um, All right. And because just in that same vein, it's not only is, is she being proactive, but she's like, I wrote down, gather your people to take part in the good. Yeah. Because that's what you do. You, no matter what people those are, you help gather those people to do that. And, and I think that, that because of you living generously, uh, genuinely and paying attention to other people, you're able to build this audience, this network and this group of people that you can then help support you in the good that you're doing as well. Yeah, and I'm just going to keep the theme going. So I'm going to piggyback off of Sammy. Uh -huh. and, uh, and Sammy knows that I like to try to cheat. And I like to share more than three things because it's just so hard not to. And so I'm going to cheat a little bit, but kind of keep it together. But relationships. So the stories that you told about your family, your friends, the people that you work with, the people that you've worked with in the past, those relationships have created so many opportunities for you. I mean, the research, we've gone to this on past episodes, the research about how impactful quality relationships are to all of our lives is, is just mind-blowing. And you have really, really made that happen, so much so that you literally got fired by God, if you think about it, and, and use that as an opportunity to like build an amazing, amazing, successful career after that. And I, I think that really, when you talked about don't be scared, you know, being afraid won't get you anywhere. I can just see you've got this amazing relationship, this group of people around you that, you know, no matter what happens to you, they've got you and you've got them. And that was a big takeaway that I had. So pour into your relationships, people. Be like Nikki. Yeah. Sorry, my God. I like it. <laughs> that's like a that's like a t-shirt or a tattoo or a bumper sticker at least, right? <laughs> um, all right. So the last one that I had, which I, I mean, I've got a whole slew of notes here, but so I, I'm going to try not to cheat, but. Um, you can cheat. It's cool. It was, the it, was, it was one of the last things you said. It was that you didn't want to lose the feeling of how you feel right now. Yeah. And I, I started thinking about that as we were talking or as you were talking a little bit, but it, it's not only how you feel right now while it's going good. But when it's going a different way, don't forget that feeling as well. You know, so just stay present, stay in the moment. Don't forget that. Stay grounded. I think that was really impactful. Yes, it is. It is very important to me to to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't forget the the days where, you know, we didn't have as much and things were were not as good as it is. And, you know, that helps me relate to people you know, and to people on every level. So it's not like, um, oh, I'm up here and I can't, I can't talk to you because you're on, on this level. Um, it, it just makes me relate to um, a bunch of different people. And I love that people don't feel like, oh, I'm unapproachable that I, you know, I, I'll talk to everybody. So kind of like my mom, 
I got that mm-hmm. from her too. So <laughs> got that honestly. All right. Well, Nikki, this is the time that we give you the opportunity to do the shameless plug. So tell people how they can get a hold of you, whether it's on social media, maybe it's a website you'd like them to check out. Sammy will also link these in the show notes, but give people a little bit of an idea of where they can find you and and how they can connect with you. Well, I am on all things The Design Quad, quad like four. So uh, The Design Quad is Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. We're not on TikTok yet, but we'll get yeah. there. TikTok is a little, I have to get one of my kids to do that or somebody, but I'm trying to, to be better on Instagram. I'm, I'm doing better, mm-hmm. but yes, we're on, we're on all things the, the design quad. Very good. Well, our shameless plug, Sammy, you want to take it away in terms of the website and, and where they can find us and what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us online at thepursuitofgrowth.com or livepg.com. And that's on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We do Twitter. We have a newsletter that we, that we send out where this episode will be sent out to all the newsletter subscribers. So go check out our website, click on that subscribe button on everything so you can get the latest and greatest content. You can get more of a great social media. Greg produces a ton of great content and I give him all the props because he writes some amazing blogs that people can follow. They're called One Minute Matters. And so you can read these blogs in one minute uh, and he produces them all the time. And these episodes, our guests, we take these and post those out as well. It's also a place that you can find the book, The Pursuit of Growth, and you can buy your copy online. So we hope that this book uh, helps you find your way through not only the tough times, the challenging times, but also that even if you just are where you are and want to and want to take that next step, um, go ahead and take it, you know, purchase the book. And I'll tell you this, I'll make a goal that in the next month, one of the weekly blogs is gonna be about Nikki and build the plane while it's flying. That's a blog people need to hear. So stay tuned. Get ready, subscribe to the newsletter, and at the end of the day, focus on your personal growth, focus on your professional growth, focus on your health and wellness, focus on your spiritual growth. Be like Nikki. Nikki, thank you so much for doing this. This was such a pleasure, and you know, I learned so much. I can't wait to share this episode um, with the world. Thank you, guys. I'm so honored to be here, and I have to tell my husband that y'all are the reason why we're together. <laughs> hey, tell him at least he owes us a dinner or drinks or something, okay? Right. I'll tell <laughs> Deal. Awesome. Well, with that, have a wonderful evening, and uh, let's do it again soon. All right. Live TPG. All right, live TPG.